Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we're going to be talking fantasy football and giving my rankings for the tight end position heading into 2022. If you missed the QB rankings last week, they are available on the podcast. Check the episode feed, and they are available on the Patreon for free, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All of my rankings will be going up on the Patreon for free, so make sure you check that out. We will be doing something a little bit different for running backs and receivers on the pod. There's just too many to rank and, you know, do all of them in podcast form. So we will be doing something a little bit different for those later on in the week and heading into next week. But the rankings will be going up on the Patreon if you are somebody who likes rankings. Tomorrow, we will also be previewing the Wyndham Championship for golf. So don't miss that if you're playing fantasy golf. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, make sure to rate and subscribe. Really helps me out. But without further ado, let's go ahead and start talking tight end. The tight end position does hit home for me just a little bit. I actually played tight end when I played high school football, and I'm actually currently a tight ends coach at my high school that I coach at. So if anybody knows quality tight end play, it's going to be me. However, just because you're a great tight end doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a great fantasy tight end. Fantasy tight ends have to get a lot of targets, have to get a lot of catches, have to score a lot of touchdowns. So we're going to be putting all of the tight ends in tiers, letting you know who I think deserves to be drafted as your starter and as your backup. And also I'll be going through a description of each tier as we get to it. So tier one is going to be guys that I would be willing to draft in the first two rounds of my fantasy draft. And in tier one, my number one tight end for the 2022 season is Travis Kelsey. Last season, Travis Kelsey finished as tight end two in PPR scoring, which by his standards is actually a subpar season. Travis Kelsey was tight end one for the previous five seasons before last season. That means that for five times in the past six years, he has finished in fantasy as the number one tight end. He has also topped 1,000 yards each of the past six seasons. So if you're looking for somebody who is pretty much a lock to score you bunches of fantasy points, it's Travis Kelsey. I would be greatly surprised if Travis Kelsey ended this season outside of the top three in tight ends. He gives you an outstanding amount of safety for the tight end position. For that reason, I would absolutely be willing to draft him in the first two rounds of a fantasy draft. Maybe the tail end of round one if you're in a bigger league, because having that amount of production at tight end is going to be a great advantage over the guys that are picking tight ends last. What should not be lost also is that the Chiefs have new personnel. They do not have Tyreek Hill. They added Juju Smith-Schuster on the outside, and they added rookie Sky Moore on the outside. I actually think that this could potentially lead to more targets for Travis Kelsey because Tyreek Hill had a lot more target share than what I think either of those two new additions are going to have. So Travis Kelsey is my tight end one for the 2022 season, and he is the only tight end in tier one. He's the only tight end that I would draft with a first or second round pick. Let's jump right into tier two. Tier two is three tight ends big, and it is three guys that I would be willing to draft in rounds three, four, or five of a 10-team fantasy draft. These are all guys that are entering very safe situations. Their target share is all going to be there this year, and I wouldn't be greatly surprised if any of them finished outside of the top five at their position unless they were injured. So my tight end two is last year's tight end one, and that is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews last season actually had the fourth best fantasy season by a tight end ever. 
it makes sense because he had the fourth most targets for a tight end ever. When you look at pass catchers, receivers, and tight ends, the number one predictor of fantasy success is targets. So fourth most targets for a tight end produces the fourth best fantasy season for a tight end. It makes sense. Now, here is one thing that is slightly concerning with Mark Andrews. He averaged 17.7 PPR fantasy points per game last season. In those 17 games, he had to play with Lamar Jackson and without Lamar Jackson. He only averaged 15.1 with Lamar Jackson. He averaged 21.8 without Lamar as his quarterback. There was a three-game stretch without Lamar where he actually scored 90 fantasy points for an average of 30 points per game in those three games. I totally understand if that stat concerns you, but I would argue that Mark Andrews still averaged 15.1 points with Lamar Jackson as his quarterback, and he also has an opportunity to see a bigger target share this year because of the absence of Marquise Brown. So for that reason, Mark Andrews, I don't expect him to repeat as fantasy's number one tight end. I don't expect him to repeat with the excellent season he had last season, but I still think the safety of his situation and the targets that he's going to see, he is my tight end to this season. My tight end number three heading into next season is going to be Kyle Pitts. With Pitts, I am banking on improvement from his part heading into his second NFL season, and I'm also betting on positive regression in terms of some of his numbers. Here is what I mean by that. Pitts had 110 targets last season, only resulted in 68 catches. That means that only 62% of his targets were caught, which was the lowest rate of any top 15 tight end. Not all of that was his fault because he did not drop a lot of passes his rookie season. He also only scored one touchdown. Fun fact, that touchdown was actually in London. So Kyle Pitts for his NFL career has not scored a touchdown on American soil. For reference, Every other tight end that was over 90 targets had five or more touchdowns except for Kyle Pitts and Mike Gesicki, who had two touchdowns. So what that means is if Kyle Pitts had scored the average and had five touchdowns last season, you could have added 24 points to his total and he would have finished tight end three. I strongly suspect that he will see some regression or positive regression in terms of touchdowns this season. I can't envision another scenario where he only scores one. It's just not mathematically likely, especially considering when you look at the situation he's in, he's going to be treated as if he's the number one wide receiver in Atlanta's offense. Atlanta is either going to be starting Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter. If you're a quarterback who's trying to prove that you're an NFL starting quarterback, guess what you're going to do? You're going to throw to your big athletic tight end who can make plays when the ball's in his hands, and that is what Pitts does. A little more context for Pitts. Only one tight end ever has scored 200 fantasy points as a rookie. If Kyle Pitts had simply had the average number of touchdowns for somebody with his targets last season, which would have been five touchdowns, he would have eclipsed that 200 points mark. So Kyle Pitts, I'm banking on scoring more touchdowns, and with more touchdowns, he is a lock to be my tight end three this upcoming season. Tight end four is George Kittle. George Kittle has averaged 14 plus fantasy points each of the last four seasons. So what that means is he's been very consistent. He's been very productive. The only thing you have to worry about with Kittle is his injury history. I don't know if he's necessarily a lock to play all 17 games. He's a very physical player, especially when the football's in his hands. So that does concern me a little bit with his health. But if you look at the other options, I definitely love that average of 14 a game for the past four seasons. He also scored a career high in touchdowns in 2021 with six. I think Kittle, if he is able to stay healthy, is a lock to finish in the top five tight ends this upcoming season, which is why he finds himself as my fourth ranked tight end. 
let's move on to tier three. So tier three is going to be guys that I'm going to draft as my starting tight end in fantasy. However, I would not touch these guys before round six in a 10-team fantasy league. I definitely don't want to reach for anybody in this tier. I think that there's definitely a marketable upgrade from the back end of the starters for the tight end position, but I don't think that they're worth reaching for in fantasy drafts to get ahead of their actual value. So my fifth ranked tight end heading into next season is Dalton Schultz. So interesting fact I read yesterday, Dak Prescott to Dalton Schultz had the highest quarterback rating of any quarterback tight end duo. There's some definite chemistry there with Dak Prescott. Dalton Schultz also finished last season as tight end three. And I think a big cause for optimism is that Amari Cooper and the 104 targets that he saw last season are no longer in Dallas. I think Schultz is in line for even more targets than he saw last season, which last season he finished as tight end three. So I am banking on that success to continue. And he is my tight end five heading into next season. My sixth ranked tight end heading into next season, and this is going to ruffle some feathers. It is Darren Waller. Yes, I have Darren Waller all the way down here at six. There's a lot of concerns for me with Darren Waller. Darren Waller last season finished as tight end 17. He only played 11 games. He finished last season at 12.1 points per game, which is not bad at all, but it was definitely a sharp decline from his 17.4 points per game that he had in 2020. He saw 93 targets in 11 games, which is about 8.5 per game. What concerns me about a lot of the Las Vegas pass catchers is we're now looking at a very crowded situation with Devontae Adams being there. So let's do a little bit of math here with these targets. So I just mentioned that Waller had 93. Hunter Renfro had 128 targets, which was about 7.5 per game. He played all 17 games. All other Raiders wide receivers last season, all of them combined, saw 189 targets, which was about 11 per game. Devontae Adams last season in Green Bay had 169 targets alone and 123 receptions by himself. So what that means is if you kind of just do a little bit of subtraction, if you take that out of the Raiders receivers total, there's only 20 more targets to go around and we haven't even started talking about any other wide receiver. So I just don't think that the target share is going to be there for Darren Waller with Devontae Adams as a Las Vegas Raider. I think that he's been treated as their wide receiver one for the past three seasons, and he's been outstanding when he's been healthy the past three seasons, but the injury concerns for last year and the concern of adding Devontae Adams into that offense and taking away targets from Waller has him all the way down here as tight end six. He's still an outstanding player. I just don't know if he can get to that same target share that he's had the past three seasons. Tight end seven is going to be TJ Hawkinson. So with Hawkinson, Detroit is a very safe situation for him to be in. There's not a whole lot of guys to compete for with targets. His chemistry with Jared Goff seemed to be pretty good last season. He only played 12 games. However, in those 12 games, he averaged the exact same points per game as Darren Waller. So that's why I have these two guys back to back here at six and seven. My last tight end in tier three is Zach Ertz. With Zach Ertz, I am banking on a few things. Zach Ertz in Arizona is a different player than Zach Ertz in Philly. He averaged 12 points per game after being traded to Arizona, which was good too if you just look at the games he played in Arizona, he would have finished the season as the fourth-ranked fantasy tight end. In Arizona this season, DeAndre Hopkins is serving a six-game suspension. Christian Kirk is no longer an Arizona Cardinal. So I think there may be more targets to go around for Zach Ertz, and 
like I said, he was tight end for when he was in Arizona. So I think there's some definite upside to drafting Zach Ertz, but he sits here behind Hawkinson and Waller because he's not getting any younger. And that Arizona situation, if you listen to the quarterback podcast, I'm not exactly all in on Kyler Murray this season. So tight end eight for Zach Ertz. He is the last tight end in my tier three, which are guys that I can definitely be comfortable in drafting as my starter. Let's take a quick break and then head on to tier four. If you would like to see these rankings in written form all the way down to tight end 30, check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All of my positional rankings will be going on there for free for any viewer. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please rate and subscribe. Now let's get back to the action. Let's talk about my tier four of tight ends. So these are guys that I would be willing to draft as my starter in a 10-team fantasy league. However, there are reservations on all of them. There's a reason for concern on all of them. If I'm drafting one of these guys to be my starter, I'm definitely looking to snag a high upside backup in case things start heading south. So let's start with my ninth-ranked tight end, and that is Dallas Goddard. So we mentioned Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard was another beneficiary of the Zach Ertz trade. Once Zach Ertz was in Arizona, the tight end position in Philly was his, and he took advantage. He averaged 11.6 points per game after Zach Ertz was traded, which was not quite as good as his counterpart, Ertz himself. So that number, very positive, very good sign heading into next season. However, what I'm concerned about with Goddard is his target share. A.J. Brown is now a Philadelphia Eagle, and A.J. Brown is going to be stealing some of those targets away from Goddard. For that reason, I don't think I can rank Goddard any higher than where he is. However, out of all the options in this tier, I think he is the safest option, and I'm pretty confident he's going to finish in the top 10 of tight ends this season, barring any injuries. My 10th ranked tight end is going to be Pat Fryermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Pat Fryermuth very quietly had a successful season last season in Pittsburgh. That Pittsburgh offense was not great, but he still managed to average 9.5 fantasy points per game and had the ninth best rookie tight end season of all time. I think that Fryermuth is actually going to see improved quarterback play this season in Pittsburgh. I know it sounds weird considering it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky, but Ben Roethlisberger last season did not look great. I think Trubisky will be an upgrade, and I think the opportunity is going to be there for Fryermuth. However, I don't think he possesses the same amount of upside in Pittsburgh as the guys ranked ahead of him, and so for that reason, he is my 10th ranked tight end. Tight end 11 is going to be Dawson Knox. So Dawson Knox is playing in Buffalo with Josh Allen yet again. Those two have a very good chemistry together. However, my one concern with Knox is that he is very dependent on touchdowns for his fantasy scoring. If you're relying on him to be your starter, he is going to need to score touchdowns to pay off that value. And so being touchdown dependent is not exactly a good thing in fantasy, particularly for tight ends. So for that reason, he is sitting right outside the starter line here at number 11. Last tight end in this tier, who I actually think possesses a lot of upside, is my 12th ranked tight end, Cole Komet in Chicago. Komet actually finished tied for eighth in targets last season for tight ends. However, he was the least productive tight end who received 90 targets. There is a new offensive coordinator in Chicago. Justin Fields is entering his second year in the league. I just don't see how Komet could be any worse than he was last season, which was good for tight end 15. I definitely could see some upside in picking Komet. He was a very highly touted prospect coming out of Notre Dame. 
I think Fields and him will find a little bit of a connection this season as I don't really see a whole lot of other dependable pass catchers for Fields to throw to. And so for that reason, Cole Komet finds himself in my tier four as tight end 12. And I think he actually possesses a lot of upside and I could absolutely see him finishing much higher than I have him ranked right here. All right, now we are moving on into Tier 5. So Tier 5 is officially backup territory. These are not guys that I would endorse drafting as my starting tight end in a 10-team fantasy league. Uh, I think that there's reason for optimism for some of them. I think there's reason for caution for a lot of them. And we're going to go a little bit quicker since these are not guys that you should be depending on to be your starter. My 13th ranked tight end is Mike Gesicki in Miami. He finished last season as tight end eight. He saw 112 targets, which is a massive amount of targets for a tight end. I do not think that production will continue, however. I think that Tyreek Hill being in Miami is going to take away some targets away from Gesicki, so I just don't see that same production being reached. I know people are looking at the Mike McDaniel angle and saying that you know he's coming over from San Francisco, and so Mike Gesicki's going to slide into the George Kittle role. I don't think that's an exact one-to-one comparison. Kittle is a much better blocker than Mike Gesicki, and Kittle is a much better player after the catch than Mike Gesicki. So I don't think that it's a simple one-to-one role conversion Kittle to Gesicki. So for that reason, Gesicki finds himself right here at tight end 13. My 14th ranked tight end is going to be Albert Okoye-Banam. I think I got that right, but I'm just going to call him Albert O. Uh, He is the tight end for the Denver Broncos, and in case you did not know, Noah Fant is no longer in Denver. So last season, those two were kind of competing for touches, competing for snaps. If you added together both Noah Fant and Albert O's points, it would have finished his tight end three last season, and Russell Wilson is now a Denver Bronco. I think there's a lot of reason for optimism with Albert O. However, the lack of production so far in his career, I simply can't rank him any higher because I have not seen it on the field. I'm optimistic, but I just just haven't seen it yet. Speaking of Noah Fant, Noah Fant is going to be my 15th ranked tight end. Noah Fant finished last season as tight end 12, and he gets another season with Drew Locke as his quarterback. He is the only guy in Seattle that Drew Locke has ever thrown an NFL pass to. I think that chemistry might be a little reason for optimism, but it is still Drew Locke, so he is my tight end 15. My 16th ranked tight end is going to be Hunter Henry, who finished last season very quietly as the 10th ranked tight end in fantasy. That happened largely because of his nine touchdowns. I think he's a very touchdown dependent player. And New England, I just don't see that offense scoring enough touchdowns to sustain that same rate. So for that reason, he is my 16th ranked tight end. 17 is going to be Irv Smith Jr. in Minnesota. This is totally a projection. We haven't seen Irv Smith play in over a year. However, what I'm banking on is that Kevin O'Connell is now the Minnesota Vikings head coach. He's going to be in a very pass-happy offense this season, and I think that that will give him plenty of opportunity to score points. I'm a little bit optimistic about Irv, but the injury last season definitely is a little bit of a concern, so he finds himself at 17. My 18th ranked tight end is going to be David Njoku. So Cleveland has been a very crowded tight end room for the past two or three seasons with Njoku as well as Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant. So Harrison Bryant is the only one that's still there with Njoku. Austin Hooper is now a Tennessee Titan. So I could see Njoku taking that role and getting a much bigger target share and scoring more touchdowns. And plus, now that we know the official news on Deshaun Watson, you know, whatever your opinion is on it, It's definitely going to help these Browns pass catchers in fantasy as he's going to get Deshaun Watson for 10 games this season. 
For that reason, David Njoku, I expect him to finish much better than he did last season, and he is my 18th ranked tight end. All right, going to go rapid fire over these last few guys and get y'all out of here. So my 19th ranked tight end is Evan Ingram. I think that the Jacksonville offense this season will be an actual competent NFL offense. Doug Peterson is no stranger to using tight ends from his time in Philly, and I think there is reason for optimism with Evan Ingram. However, he has been kind of a dud the past two seasons, and so I can't put him any higher than 19. Number 20 is going to be Tyler Higby. Finished his tight end 14 last season. I could see some of his target share getting eaten by Allen Robinson, uh, but you know, still in a great situation there in Los Angeles. 21 is going to be Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, to me, has probably the most upside out of anybody in this group because he gets to play with Justin Herbert and the rest of the Los Angeles Chargers. That offense is going to score a lot of points. If Everett can capitalize on that situation and get in the end zone, he can be a viable fantasy tight end. Number 22 is going to be Austin Hooper, who is now the top tight end in Tennessee. A.J. Brown is no longer a Tennessee Titan, so there are going to be targets to go around for other pass catchers, and I could see Hooper being a beneficiary of that. Last one for the pod is going to be Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is going to be the new primary tight end in Cincinnati this season. Much like Everett, this offense is going to score a lot of points. If he is able to stay on the field, he is going to be able to see some targets and score some fantasy points. So I do see a reason for optimism with Hayden Hurst this season. All right, there you have it, folks. Those are my tight end rankings for the 2022 fantasy football season. If you want the complete list all the way to 30, please check out the Patreon it is up today, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, make sure you rate and subscribe. For the rest of the week, like I mentioned earlier, all of the rankings are going to be going up on the Patreon for every position, as well as a preview for the golf tournament, the Wyndham Championship this week. And we're going to be doing something a little bit different for running backs and receivers. So stay tuned for that here on the podcast. Until next time, see y'all later. Mm-hmm.